Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome along to Rugby Pass, the short ball. Scotty and Mills here, producer Alice, as always, chiming in today. We, uh, we've been ignoring you, eh, Alice? Yeah, uh, not, not in a rude way, but no, I've just been sitting here the whole time. Been sitting here. You've been making notes for the last 10 weeks. Um, so Alice is going to put us in our place when we step out of line today, Mills. Welcome back, by the way. Thanks for leaving me hanging last week. <laughs> I'm sure you enjoyed your umu down in Invercargill. Oh, I did, actually. I, it was a, I had a fantastic time down in Invercargill. It's amazing. I mean, it's obviously not the most tropical places to go and uh, have a spend a week, but you know, I did a little bit of out in the countryside. Went out to Riverton, pulled a f- bloody dragged a floundering net, and caught a few flounders. And did you? I came back refreshed. And you, um, went, you went the full country salmon. I did, eh? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> full country salmon. <laughs> you yeah. put, you got flounders. You laid down an umu. Yeah, we. Uh, my son actually fed some cows, which I was a little bit worried about, being a city boy. Yeah, sure. But he uh, he got his gum boots on and, and went out there and poured whatever it was in the line and yeah. I was talking about cow injuries just the other day. Cow injuries. Yeah, people get injured by cows. Happens more than you think. Death by cow. Oh, serious? Yeah. Especially with um people that they're amblers in the UK. Oh, they yeah. go ambling yeah. and they walk across and, and and attack by cows. And cyclists get attacked by cows occasionally as well. You gotta stand tall. Is that it? Yeah, you got to stand tall. Don't make eye contact. Oh, don't, don't I, um, make, it's like meeting your ex on <laughs> night out. Stand tall and don't make eye contact. That's how you avoid death by cow. <laughs> don't even go near the ex, mate. Don't worry about <laughs> getting near them. We've got to get uh, through a lot on the short ball today. All five New Zealand Super Rugby teams in action this weekend, which is exciting from a Kiwi point of view. Uh, so we'll cover off them one by one and uh, a few other bits and bobs today on the short ball as well. Uh, let's get the great big blue elephant in the room out of the way first uh, because I, I don't want to kick the blues while they're down because, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's a never-ending stream of people willing to put the burden right now, but you cannot go past the fact that inarguably, result aside, that was some of the dumbest footy I oh. have ever seen in my life. I can't for the life of me understand how a professional rugby team, as inexperienced as some of those players may have been, played so tactically poorly against the Hawares. Yes. Uh, and I mean, 
it wasn't as if the weather didn't, you know you knew you, it was out there it was there's a physical element out there that the wind was howling you had it a little bit behind you and and so really it was just common sense to get yourself down the other end i don't want to kick them either i sort of looked i looked at it and i sort of thought about okay what's actually going wrong and i actually think they need this they need to go through this adversity they've got a lot of young talent there and a lot of people will always speak about the fact, you know, you've got to build good culture. What, what, what brings on a good culture? Okay, well, if you compare the Blues versus the Chiefs at the moment, you know, yeah. with the injury toll and what they've had, the mm. Chiefs have obviously come out um, a lot better than what have, they have. But you think over the last five or six years, they've built a culture. They've had guys like Liam Messam feed... Um, who, uh, Tony Do Latimer, ex- Liam Messam, exactly. Brody Ritalik, Sam Kane. All of these players who have been there and have added, added, added. But you got to you got to remember, and I've been in both camps. The Blues they won in two thousand and three, <clears throat> then they lost a lot of, I suppose, older heads. They had a well disappointing two thousand four to two thousand five, and ever since then they haven't really quite got themselves back. They've lost a lot of sort of experienced players now. Those are the experienced players you actually need to feed that adversity down to, and that's what the Chiefs has done. The Chiefs, when I was here too, we were struggling quite a bit. We had, um, you know, the likes of Liam Messam, um, Tanadol Adamus. They know what it's like. They know, and then they feed it down to the to, to Sam Keynes and that other world. So that carries on. Now, what the well, this is my sort of opinion on the Blues is they need to collectively. No, the year's gone. You know, now they've got to start thinking about how do they get this young, all these young guys talented that have gone through all this they've gone throughout the pressures and stuff like that how did he get them together to actually build on that and if they can do that they'll build a good culture okay here's the thing for me right super rugby doesn't have a massive tradition in terms of um recognizing its history i don't think it does enough because we're 21 22 years deep now it's long enough to be able to really look back on what your franchise has achieved who have been through your franchise uh, the, the milestones that you have met as as a club, as a franchise, whatever you call them these days. I have heard more and more over the last two weeks from old boys of the Blues mm. who want to be involved. Mm. And I think that's really worthy. But the uh, some of the problems stems back to the fact that those original Blues still cast such a very dark and long shadow over anyone who has come after, yeah. purely because they were such titans of the game. Mm. How do you find a balance between the willingness of these old boys, the likes of Jason Chandler and Officer Tanu'u and Justin Collins and guys like this who want to come back now and have some involvement in the club mm. just to bring them up? How do you balance what they can bring to the equation versus where the game is now and allowing these guys to form their own unique team bond. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You have got that core group. It's funny you mentioned JC because I, just, I got an email from him the other day. and, and He uh, wants to go fishing. No, no he, actually wants to, <laughs> he actually wants to build you know, those sort of old boys to come back and actually help out. So there is an element of that. But how, you're right, Times have changed, you know. Back back then, they were dominant. You know, everyone wanted to be in the Blues, and they just they won week in, week out. They won championships and things like that. The dynamics of the whole competition, the player, guys going off to different franchises and things, that's all changed. Professionalism has come in and sort of stripped that away. And so, you do. You're right. You have to try and get a balance. These guys have to create their own culture. Yes, they do. You have to touch on the past. And one of the great things that I thought when I came back, I actually when I came back to New Zealand, I went down and visited. Um, 
the Blues. It was actually when they were asking me to play the tens, which I hadn't. No aspirations of, of, of doing. <laughs> I would have loved to see you play. I would have loved no, to see No, there was no way that was happening. Anyway, they, they, they were talking about, you know, going back to the past and connecting with the old players. I haven't heard anything since since the weekend. And so I, I just I just think they, they might have gone down that track and sort of all of a sudden, you know, a lot of pressures came on and perhaps forgotten about it. Yeah, well, I, here's the thing for me, right? I, you don't need a whole lot of guys who played in the 90s to tell you how to play rugby. No. Okay, like no, no, twenty-one-year-old, twenty-two-year-old wants to be told oh. how to play the game by someone who's twenty years out of the game, and and I, I say that respectfully. Maybe they should, mm. but but the attitudes have changed. They don't want to hear that. But surely, what this team needs is a mentoring program where these guys can go and catch up and have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee, learn the secrets of what made those yeah. teams so strong. Yeah. We've we've spoken about it before on the pod. You know that that whole notion that Auckland has a different geographical and pressure set up than the other franchise homes. So giving these guys a reason to get together, give them some concepts on how to create culture. Don't just hyperdermic it and say, this is what you should do. But feeding in some ideas, feeding in some programs, being there just on the end of a phone. I think those are the roles that the Blues old boys would gladly, gladly fulfill for that club. Oh, absolutely. Being a part of it. Being around, being accessible. You know, this is not about working through the media as uh, I know John Hart came out and talked about the wider issues around Auckland rugby and, and how broken he believes it to be. But it's about saying, hey, I've been here. I've been in your shoes. I've played footy. I know what a great team should be like. I know what we did. Here's some concepts that you can use to make you either mentally, physically or emotionally stronger mm. dealing with what you're dealing with. Would that be something that you would be keen to do and that, and that you think all clubs would be keen to have? Oh, absolutely. And I think when you've got guys, and it doesn't even have to be to the at the stage where you sit down and say, well, this is how you know you should sort of you know come out of it and things. It's just sharing experiences. Mm. It's, it's been able to say, well... This is what happened, you know, here when we were actually playing. It's just a simple conversation, and and, all, and you know, before you know it, you're actually, you know, um, struck up a connection. But also, you know that the old boys are right behind you when you're mm. in that environment and things aren't going right, and someone comes. Down. I, I remember back when we weren't doing that well in for Auckland, and down came um, Gary Wetton, who was on the board at the at the time. We're all in the huddle down in the number one field, and he just gave it to us, and we were sitting there going, "Oh, far out," you know. That was. <laughs> I mean, it's not what you need right now. No, it's kind of like, well, he's an old boy that's come down and just told us how shit we were. I mean, it did work. We ended up, uh, we ended up winning. We the, went on the a march. Ch- you yeah. won the shield that year. Is that the year you and uh, Brent Ward changed yourself to the ram, uh, to a kick no, after no, winning the shield? No, no, it was it was a bit before that. It was a bit before that. But um, it is, and, and it is, and I, and I think having guys like Jason Chandler, who is an awesome guy, totally. Um, you've spoken about the Junior Tanu and things like that. But just sitting down and having the conversation every every so often, and just you know going through the experiences and seeing how they are and mentoring them, and that's what these players actually need. I, uh, yeah, I, I look so. I mean, Alice. I mean, if you've if you've been in a in a role right for a short period of time, and someone came down and said, mm-hmm. "How can I help you?" You'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, we're not giving you any guidance here on the pod. I know that. <laughs> no, mate. But but if you had experienced journalists, experienced producers who just wanted to sit down and have a cup of coffee, you would you would gladly take that absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely, and I think I would probably seek that out a lot as well. So I think maybe maybe there's a chance that. If the if the management teams of uh, the management team of the Blues isn't kind of going about it, maybe some of the senior players should step up and say, "Hey, let's get some of these guys that I know from the mm. past, 
bring them in and just say, look, here are some, you know, here are some people that you can talk to. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure some of the senior players in the Blues have contacts like you, Mills, and, and other people that would be happy to go in and talk um, if they if because obviously some of the play, the players are saying that there's a problem in the team. Totally. Um, yeah. From a student perspective, there is. I I grew up born and raised in Blues territory, but have always been a Highlanders supporter. Um, that's more of a family thing. But I know that a lot of the time people move out of you know the their home. Mm. Um, a lot of the time in Northland and Auckland, they find any excuse to <laughs> become a Canterbury supporter or a Hurricanes supporter because they'll move there and they'll just be like, look, I'm just going to leave that behind. So I'm done, yeah. Yeah, so there's also a problem there. I think they need to maybe um, look at that. I, I, look, I, I just think we're at the point now where it's, it's, it's easy to look at, at the cracks and the blues. Yeah. I mean, it their is. set piece was destroyed on, on Friday night or Saturday night. Um, they, they had no traction at first five. Peter Feta couldn't manage that game. There, there was no real teamwork involved. Now, those things are all elements of coaching that you've got to leave to Tana and his staff yeah. and to whoever else he's got helping. And I know Ian Foster's name has been mentioned. Steve Hansen has also come in and, and had a look and spoken at length with Tana. But there's more to it. And this is the point I go back to. It's the point I made six weeks ago. It's the point I made four weeks ago. It's the point I made two weeks ago and last week. There's more to a rugby team than just coaching mm. and tactics. You have got to do things now that are so markedly different from the way the Blues have gone about their business for the last six, seven, eight years, Millsy. And, you know, we're, we're all at the point now where I think for the sake of, of the game in, in this country, and, and I'll say it again, one and a half million people live in the Blues catchment area. Mm. That's a third of our population. But that's a lot of people there who might have some solutions. And if you don't want to hear a solution, you don't want someone to tell you how you should be doing it, at least hear them out on, on what could be ideas. Yeah. And then own those as a team. And own there it, yeah. is enough seniority in that team now. The likes of Paddy Tuipolotu, Jimmy Tupel, James Parsons, Jerome Kainor, Sonny Bill Williams, Matt Duffy has been in professional sport long enough to know that right now you're at DEFCON 5. <laughs> you, cannot, you just cannot keep going like this. No. And it, it, something needs to change. I was really bored when Michael Redmond came out, the CEO, and actually fronted the press. We've been calling for that. But yeah, it's not enough. No. You can't just front the press, so right, I've done my job for the rest of the year. I'll be invisible again. Mm. Here's, a, here's a thing for you about, about the Blues experience and about rugby in general, just, just to finish off this topic. I, I think our CEOs should be out in the crowd on game day, not in corporate boxes. I think our CEOs of our clubs and our provinces and our franchises should be out there meeting fans. Yeah. Should be not sitting five levels up dealing with the money, but they should be down sideline mm. with the people who are braving the wind and braving the rain and paying the ticket price and are there week in, week out. Because that is how you develop some loyalty. And, and I take the New Zealand breakers for our international listeners. It is our basketball franchise in the Australian competition. They've won the title three times. Uh, Liz and Paul Blackwell, who have only just sold uh, their stake in that team, were on the court every night before the game, meeting their people, thanking their fans. I want to see more of that in our game and a reconnection with the people who are paying the price. It was a dire night on Saturday night. Mm. You cannot, as a board and senior management team, lock yourself in the Fred Allen suite while people are braving the conditions. You have got to get out there and say, what is it that you love about this team that has dragged you out tonight? Or conversely, what is it that's going to keep you coming back mm. and be a season ticket holder? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Absolutely a good point. Now, I understand they need to keep 
you know, their corporates happy as well because they've actually they've, they've pumped a lot of money into. But it's the hard. Yeah, they're, they're cold happy. Heart. Do yeah. you know why? Because they're in a glass box <laughs> and they've got a free buffet. <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> they're not bad. They're happy. Bu- they're not bad, bad buffets either. But it's, you're right. It's the, the the people that are out there braving the cold, the, uh, the horizontal rain. They have to line up for a pie. You know, the old off tomato sauce. <laughs> Is there off? Have you had an off tomato sauce I've experience? had an off, off tomato sauce twice at Eden Park. Was it pierced? Was, did you check that it wasn't pre-opened? No, no, no. Because sometimes no. you get the, the crack and the... Was it the Master Foods one where you squeeze it out? <laughs> that's the one that you squeeze out. Yeah, that's out. an amazing design, by the way. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So I've, I've had, I've had anyway. two of those, two different experiences. You know, you know when we do our, our sky stuff and I go and sit in the... With my, with my son. Yes, I do, I do know that's that. That's when I've had it. And so, but they do. They need to get out there, line up and buy a pie. Actually, the pies aren't too bad at Eden Park. Pies are fine. I mean, if you've got $20 for a pie, knock yourself 20, out. What? 20 bucks? How much is the pie? Yeah, it's about that, actually. Pie and the chips? What's that going to set you back? Yeah. No, yeah. Chicken nuggets and chips, too. Ooh. Chicken nuggets? They do chicken nuggets? Yeah. You just need those little hot donuts and then you're set. Is that all you need? Yeah. yeah but what about the savoury tooth? Oh, just handful of... Off tomato sauces. <laughs> you're going to check the tomato sauces. Is there such a thing as a savoury donut? I'm sure there is. Maybe you could invent it in New Zealand, though. Or like a like a cheese donut. Maybe. Can you do a ham and cheese donut? <laughs> I'm asking. Yeah. I know that the dough is a, is technically a sweet dough, but does it have to be sweet all the time? Can you not have a savoury donut? I'm I'm going to say you could. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's Go a good for idea. it. Thanks, Alice. Go I like that. It. Little bits, little bits of ham in there. A little bit of something. Cheese. You know, the sweet and savoury. I mean, it's the secret to Asian cooking. Just enough sweet, just enough savoury. So you might be onto something there. Just enough spice. You can have a chili donut. Mm. That'll keep you warm. Oh, the CEOs might go out for that. Then this is what. <laughs> this is what we do on the shore ball. It's ideas. Okay, let's get into some footage, shall we? The Hawares. Hawares. Have won three straight. What about them? Wow. Now, okay, like just tactically better than the Blues on Saturday night. They're going to go and play the Chiefs now. They've beaten two teams in Australia. Now they've uh, beaten a New Zealand side for the very first time. Mm-hmm. That's great history. It's awesome. By the way, just on that, what, Argentinian fans. Speaking of fans, mm-hmm. like I was at the game doing the pre-match and, and uh, half-time for Sky, and, and I didn't see them for the whole game. But then at full time, there are, there's literally 200 of them gathered down on the sideline. They've just come from all corners. Almost like, does an APB go out for people who want to dance and yell whenever anyone from Argentina wow. wins anything? Wow. They, they literally just came down like scurrying lemmings from all over the grandstand. <laughs> and then the Hawares were dancing as well. That's awesome. I love a dancing footy awesome. team. That is awesome. Because the thing is, right, New Zealand teams win games and they... You know, pat each other on the back, maybe a bum, bum tap, and then shake hands and, yeah. and job done. And then they get in the change room, they might chahoo a bit. Yeah. But I've never seen a team on Eden Park so, ever do that. So the Aguares were actually dancing They too. were dancing. Oh, far With up. their fans. That's awesome. Because, you know, the Auckland teams of the 80s and 90s, they never danced. They just expected to win. Mm. So that was that. The job done. We're off. Blues teams in the early early part, they, they never danced. The Blues teams now don't never get the chance. And... No yeah. one ever beats the All Blacks well, at Eden Park. So this is the first time I've seen dancing <laughs> live at Eden Park. Yeah, well, we're quite a reserved nation, aren't we? You know, we, we sort of sit back and act a little bit humble, right? Do we need to dance more? Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Strong dan- advocate. Dancing with the Stars <laughs> is going on in New Zealand oh, right yeah. now, so maybe we just need Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> That's what we need. So the Hawaris now going to face the Chiefs. Talini Sue now out for the season, which yeah. just adds to Colin Cooper and Tabai Matson's dramas because uh, Talini Sue, I think, was on a good tear this year. Mm. Uh, he's been impressive yeah. for the last couple of seasons, yeah, but he, he was starting to look like uh, the man. Yeah rather than the young fella. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's going to create a reshuffle. But I, I dare say the Chiefs coming off a bye week, surely too much for the Hawaris. The, I mean, the party ends in Rotorua, does it not? <laughs> yeah, well, it does. And then the thing is, what the Chiefs have seen now, they know they've got a front up because otherwise they'll be on you know, a back end of what the Blues got. And so if they don't, then they've got to muscle up up front uh, and try and stop that, um, well, the confidence of the Aguares. But I just can't see them. I can't see the Hawaiians winning. The, the, the Chiefs are refreshed. They'll be back into it and they'll know what to expect. I, th- I just think defensively the Chiefs will be much better. They won't get those opportunities to run that they've enjoyed over the last three weeks, the Hawaiians. And uh, Mate, I, I, I expect them. I expect them to be dealt to by the Chiefs. Uh, how about Johnny Foley's bloody shoulder? I told you. you we'll be, I been told about you the last what three or four weeks. I told you. And old Timu. Whoa. Yeah, he got wow. absolutely melted. Wow. And he is massive. He's huge. Mm. Johnny Foley's right shot. I told you. You thought I was joking. I, I, I didn't think you were joking, but when you brought it up a few weeks ago, I was like, actually, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's a missile. He is an absolute bully. I would hate to see him in a structured defensive line. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He's obviously just been given the green line. If, Get, you, if it's yeah, on, you yeah. can rush out 10 metres in front <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the rest of your back line and make a hit. Oh, that yeah. was huge. Yeah, I, no, mean, he, that, I mean, so you're right. Defensively, they're going to be massive. When you've got someone like that who just wants to line up the biggest guy in the opposition team, well, awesome. And he's not a very big guy, is he? No, nah, he's not. He's short. That's a like Geronimo de la Fuente, I think, will be up against him. Geronimo <laughs> might be a safe word. Geronimo! Somebody just don't touch me. No, like, don't, don't, don't. don't touch me, Johnny Foley. <laughs> That'll be skip passes all day long, mate. Miss two. Go wide, go wide. Miss two. I think the Chiefs get this one. I really do. Uh, but I, I like the Jaguares. And uh, I said after the game on Saturday, this is a great boost for Super Rugby. Yeah. yeah my column yeah. last week, and I know some people would have misconstrued what I was saying, but it's far too predictable if New Zealand teams go into every fixture against teams from every other country in Super Rugby and are favourites to win every game. And they did win every game by the Blues, although the, the Bulls pushed the, the Highlanders very tight. We'll get to them in just a second. But 
Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I, I think it's it's party over. Yeah, it is. But I mean, we were speaking about this before the beginning of the season, thinking about where Argentinian rugby's got to. Look at it now. I mean, yeah. look at how impressive they've been in the last three weeks. And so it's it's great for the competition. Great for, for rugby globally, and mm. but yeah, obviously this weekend is going to be a different task. Maybe not. Maybe the Hawares will surprise us again. We go across uh, the Tasman, a couple of fixtures, the Blues taking on the Waratahs. Mm. And the Tars under a bit of pressure at the moment to uh, put a performance out there. Um, but uh, I believe they welcome back Israel Folau. Mm. Uh, they may be without Nick Phipps. Uh, have you been up? I, have you been up to date on this story? I, I just I was on the trend line. I just seen something on the news. What's what's <laughs> happened there? So Nick Nick Phipps finishes a twenty nine nil loss uh, at uh, SFS uh, against the Lions, and arguably the Waratahs' worst performance in years. Uh, and it just so happens it's a stag do, <laughs> and so goes out and has now been accused of urinating on a bar, which you know hey. <laughs> Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. But he was dressed as a cow. So he's urinating on a bar while dressed as a cow. Now, either of those two things in isolation I can deal with, but not together. Oh, gee. Not together. Nick Phipps, dressed as a cow... Urinating on a, <laughs> urinating on a bar. So that's, that's why you brought up the cow subject, right? No, no that, he could have his career derailed death by cow. <laughs> death by urinating cow. Now, and where is he urinating from if he's dressed as a cow? At what, how is he, where, is, where is the urine coming from? Oh. Was, it, was it like a cow onesie? I don't know what kind of cow it was. I don't even know if there were two people in the cow suit, oh. like a top secret kind of scenario. It must have been a hell of a suit, because I'll tell you what, was he on top of the bar? Oh, I've been there. I've been there, mate. So <laughs> yeah, I I've been there. I know many, you many, have. many moons ago. I so I, I can actually, I can take sympathy for this but man. you weren't dressed as a cow. Oh, well, that's the thing. I wasn't Which is probably even worse. You were so, just steamed. <laughs> um, I want to know whether, whether he was on top of the bar. Uh, no, I think he was just standing in front of the bar. Oh, okay. Or standing okay. at the bar. Okay. okay. I, I, but, but, I mean... Like, here's the thing, right? Y- your teammate has been dragged through the press for the last month due to his social media comments and, and religious stance. Your team's under pressure. The game's under pressure. You're a senior figure in the Waratahs. And I, granted, go and have your stag do, do whatever you like. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But at what point... Are your mates letting you get in that state when you're the one with the public career? Mm. So you do that. Yeah. You need to choose better people to go on your staggy with. Oh. More to the point, go. Australia is massive, and the middle of Australia is nothing. There you could have gone anywhere, mm. had the greatest stag of all time, and not pissed on a bar. And that's the thing. Nowadays, back in my days, there wasn't much social media. You know, you were lucky. Um, I got a two-weeker then. I got a two-week ban. But that is absolutely ridiculous. Was it on the bar you did that? No, not on top of the bar. Not on top of the bar. I was fairly steamed 20-year-old. You weren't doing the Todd Carney bubbling, were you? No. Oh, no. No one likes a bubbler. Mate, no one likes a bubbler. I might be from Invercargill, mate, but this island boy doesn't do that. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, so you were young, I know. Nick Phipps is not 20. Well, and that's the thing. They've, they've had all this time to, to well, they sort of um, equip these guys about um, what it's like to be out in public when you're sort of, uh, I suppose, vulnerable. And his, his mates have just absolutely let him down. And the cow suit. 
And the cow suit. Don't put them in a cow that's suit. A soil, what's that's a soil. And that's a soiled cow suit. Now you can't take that back to the to the uh, the costume hire place. You've you've urinated. Well, mind in that you, cow there suit. could be a lot of cow suits up, you know, for sale now. It could be a very popular thing. Maybe he not maybe my he type of not my type of costume. Should we buy the cow suit and put it on Trade Me and raise some money? Mm, I wonder how much. I'll talk we'll, to, we'll talk to yeah. Nick Phipps. Yeah. Uh, for, look, he's got a great tan. That's what I'll say. Stag do's. Alice, like you, have you been on a hen's do? N- no, I have Never not. been on a hen's do? No. I'm going to no. say this right away. As much as I know that bad stuff happens on stag do's, hen do's 10 times worse. Serious? I used to, yeah, I used to work in hospital. And, hen's and do's. We got a few through. Yeah. Yeah. They're terrible. Um, it's just... It just gets like a lot messier, a lot quicker. Mm. I would say. Mm. Um, it's carnage. A hen's yeah. do is a terrifying thing. <laughs> how, yeah. do you, how do you know about this? Because I also ran bars for a living, Millsy. Oh yes, yes not yes, the yes, one yes, you yes, pissed yes. on, fortunately, yes. but um, I did. I for a long time, and hen's do's used to terrify Why me. Do, I mean, I look back at it, it's something so stupid as that. Why? Why do guys feel the need just to buy Millsy? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why, Why? I know. I know. Hey, the Rebels take on the Crusaders. Mm. And uh, I give the Rebels um, 0.2 of a percentage chance. Is that unfair? Because the Rebels, I was going through these stats. Rebels score 32 points per game. Mm. How, do, how are they doing this? Well, it's when they take Buddy Guinea off. Mm. They seem to sort of lose what well, they have in a couple of games. But they do. They, they know how to score points. It's just they leak them at the same time. Yeah, they do. Guinea, is he the best old man signing in Super Rugby? Oh, I'd have to say he's actually performed um, a lot better than what I thought coming mm. back. And he has. He's, he's been outstanding for them. So, uh, But interesting to see how George Smith's going. You know, obviously they won in the weekend as well. Yeah, they did. Didn't he score huge. a try, Georgie Smith? So... Yeah, I mean, some good guys coming back, and it's what kind of Australian rugby need, don't they? Some of those guys coming back and performing well. Well, yeah, um, and giving them some brains, some game awareness. You mm. know, we talk about the Blues and their uh, tactical deficiencies against the Jaguares. What about the Brumbies against the Crusaders, mm. who are two men down? 13. And you're kicking the ball away and giving them possession. Uh, there's two ways to look at this. Crusaders defensively were simply outstanding. Yeah. I mean, that is a team that plays for each other. Uh, and a friend of the show, White Crockett, Look, he's on the bench for that game, having had the weekend off the night week before. He has gone to Canberra thinking to himself, oh, I'm going to get a lazy 20 here, add another cap, that's 195. I'm good to go. I love the fact that I'm the elder statesman of the team. This is not going to be a tough night at the office. Tim Perry goes down after 10. <laughs> Crocky plays 70 minutes, yeah. packs down about 6,000 scrums, <laughs> finishes, he's rinsed, he's the first guy to go and shake hands with the opposition team. He is the king as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, mate. Someone came at me on... I, I said that on uh, Twitter. And someone said, oh, mate, he's got hands like feet. And I said, mate, I don't give a shit. I would take White Crockett's heart over the best hands in the world oh. any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, mate, there's no use having bloody good hands if you're not going to get your hand, uh, the hands on the ball. If you're nowhere near it, right? Well, you think about what that has now... Like, you talk about culture and legacy... You look at a young guy coming up and you're seeing a guy like that who's just had a massive holiday. Well, not a massive holiday, a break. And then he's come back and he's played 70-odd minutes. Pumped it. And just pumped it. Yeah. You know, so that now is just going to give that young fella inspiration and going to say, well, I want to be like this guy. I want to be Croczilla. That's exactly right. 
I love Crocky. I, just, I mean, everyone knows it, but I'm just going to say it again. I thought he was absolutely sensational. And Jordan Tolfu is another one who oh, uh, got mate. some big raps after that Brumbies game. Far out, he is combative. He's a, he's an oh he he is an awesome player. He's sort of unlucky at the moment with the oh, um, unlucky use. Oh man, because. You know, you'd think you'd have a little bit of a sniff in the All Blacks environment, but there's so many good Lucys out there at the moment too, isn't there? I mean, you, you know why he doesn't get a sniff in the All Black environment? Because he's too short. I was going to say height, isn't it? They, yeah. And you know, that's I, I'm not going to argue because their selection's been pretty good over the last ten years. But you know, I still feel that the guys who don't quite reach a certain XL spreadsheet <laughs> body type scenario just they, they never get a look in anywhere. <laughs> it's like, like Dylan Hunt, mate. I mean, the fact is that he is one of the greatest tacklers and Seven's going in Super Rugby right now, yeah. but he may as well take the ring back to Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's all I'm saying to you. That's all I'm saying. The Highlanders are over taking on the Sharks. This is, uh, this is like chicken in reverse, this game. This is two teams who don't want the ball. Oh, yeah, you have no, it. They kick it out. You eight. have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, you have it. No, you do something with it. No, you do something with no, it. They had, 30, they had 30% of the ball against the Bulls, the Highlanders, and they won that game. And they got outscored four tries to two, and they won that game. Yeah. And they made 160-odd tackles, and they won that game. The Highlanders could win from two paddocks over. <laughs> I swear. 30%? Is that all they had? I don't know. I don't know how this team does it. I, I've got fears for the Highlanders at the back end of the season. 151 tackles per game. Uh, that's f- by far and away the most of any team. I went through the top seven tacklers. Four of them are Highlanders in the competition, Serious. including the top three. Serious. And Luke Whitelock leads the way. Oh, yeah, you would, yeah. yeah. I mean, Luke Whitelock, Dylan Hunt, Tom Franklin, Jackson Hemipal. Far out. It's insane. And, and you, when you're going into a game like that, you've got to have belief in You've got to have a good system. First and foremost, you've got to have a good kicking game, but then you've also got to have trust, a lot of trust Massive. in the mate beside you because, mate, they could leak some points if you don't get it right. They're an enigma because they can still score points of their own even though yeah, they, yeah, they don't yeah. score the most tries, not by a long shot. But here's the thing about them, right? They don't like having the ball, but if you give them the ball on the wrong part of the field, they will score against you almost as a matter of right. Yeah. I mean, I love watching the Hondas play. I mean, this is your team, Ellis. I don't know how they do it, I can't figure them out because you would think the best thing to do is just make the Highlanders play rugby, mm. but they are the best team in knowing when to hold and knowing when to fold. Yeah. No one comes close to this team. And it's happened as an evolution of Highlanders rugby. Tony Brown was very yeah. good at it. Jamie Joseph was very good at it. And Aaron Major seems to have picked up where he left off. I, I cannot put into words how confusing it is to watch them play yeah and the, th- the thing is what's what i love about it is the fact that they're not kicking the ball away and just saying we're just going to d the crap out of you and you're right sumo you you give them the ball and tactically and also the some of the stuff that sort of as Aaron majors come up with they just you know they the i mean the blues was a perfect example you know the way they set things up in other games as well they can actually score it's not like they're a team that just kicking the ball away and just hoping that someone makes a mistake they can actually they that, do actually attack and they'll they kill you do, that's exactly what it is every kick has a purpose hmm. if you put it long you've got good chases and you know why because you're trying to isolate a player if you're putting it short everyone knows it's going, it's going short yeah. Aaron Smith's box kicking is still the best of any halfback in world rugby in my belief their blindside kicking is sensational mm. Waisaki Naholo is three times as good as taking a high ball now that he was three seasons ago yeah. it's all just practice but 
that's the thing about it. There, there's nothing wasted in a Highlanders performance. Everything seems to just have a plan in place. It's weird too, listening to, to Tony Brown on um, Team Talk when you guys were on last week, and he said, you know, they're just playing around with numbers, what's better to actually, you know, whether to kick or hold on to the ball. I can't believe it's, you said it's, it, rugby is a complicated game. Is it? Is he? Well, mate, that's Tony, huge. Tony Brown's a complicated man. Wow. No, but I, I like that. that. But this is what I this is what I look at. Yeah, because you've got teams like the Blues and the Stormers hardly setting the world on fire. They're holding the ball for 17, 18 minutes mm-hmm. a game. You've got teams like the Highlanders who are <laughs> right up the top end of the chain, yeah. who are not holding on to the ball at all. So you know, that I think there is that. That's the mystery number now mm. is what's your balance. Mm. And um, why, why do you like the Highlanders, else? I just feel like they're a very easy team to like. I mean, my half-brother's granddad was Fred Daniel. He was one of the founding members of Otago Rugby. So it is kind of a family thing. Um, so I've grown just up... Back, just your half-brother's granddad? Yes. Okay. It's, it's loose, but it is, just trying to figure that out. <laughs> it is a connection. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I've got it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think they're such an easy team to like. They... They do things outside of rugby with the community. They and and you know, they're part of Dunedin, right? They're part of they're Dunedin. Part of, and they're and they're part of South too. Yeah, everyone just rallies. But if you don't like rugby and you go to Dunedin to you study, support, you support you the Highlanders, right? Automatically, just have a Highlanders flag in your bedroom. It just it's <laughs> well, that, that's because you've knocked your windows out. So nah. you've, got to have <laughs> you've got to have something to keep the light out when you're sleeping until two that's in true. the afternoon. That's true. Um, I would love to have gone to Varsity in Dunedin. I can understand why people get attached to Otago rugby and, and now to Highlanders rugby. Yeah, yeah and I think I think if experience. you go to Dunedin Uni, once you leave, you you never stop being a Highlanders fan. That that's it. Eh? That's it. And and how many of those Highlanders fans are in the zoo bit that are actually not even from anywhere near that catchment? No, no. Everyone wants to be a Scarfy. They do. That's it. It's been the same for eternity, right? Yeah, all these people go to Otago University out of every other place in the world. And they and don't come back and want to be nah. in, in Auckland nah. again? No, nah. they're from <laughs> no. down there. No, they want to come back and That's then cheer for Otago on the, on the terraces at Eden Park, <laughs> as I used to do. But then I was from Northland, so I could cheer for anyone bar Auckland. Yeah, true. Same. That's exactly right. <laughs> See, I was the opposite. I was brought up down south and wanted to be in the Auckland team. Yeah, well, we've got to discuss that. I mean, that's the, we're not going to bring that up now. We don't no. have the time to go through no. all the issues that we, you went through as a child. You've already brought up one. I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. I brought up a completely different case, and you put yourself in the middle of the story again. Your well, willingness to do that is surprising sometimes. Well, it is. You know, but it was I, a I sign of maturity that you can admit oh, to your I, mistakes. I appreciate that. At 36 years old. 36. Still got time to go. Hey, we're going to wrap this up on the short ball today with a look at the uh, Hurricanes taking on the Lions. Two best attacking teams in the comp. Mm-hmm. Millsy, the Hurricanes last week. And um, yeah, this is so typical of the Hurricanes. They still put 43 points on the Sunwolves and were really disappointed yeah. with their performance. Yeah. I know the game was a bit stop start. I don't believe in the criticism of Ben Skeen. What can he do? He's been asked to adjudicate on these things. He's got to adjudicate on them. If we get the right decision, so be it. Yeah. The right decisions are made. So I know the frustration because Boydie wants the game to be free-flowing for 80 minutes because that suits his team. But I, you know, I'm not going to jump on the shame pile of Ben Skeen here. He's got a job to do, which is to make sure that the laws yeah. are adjudicated correctly in the game. Um, I, look, the Hurricanes should be good enough in this game. 
but I was just reading a story Hamish Bidwell had written uh, in uh, the Don Post or whatever the, the paper is in Wellington at the moment or on the Stuff website, you know, talking about their back line right now. <laughs> I, I, I Man, I mean, TJ's still out. TJ Pedernato, you know, maybe another three or four weeks away. But you've got Bodie Barrett. You've got Vince Arsall, who was sensational. Oh, Ngani Laumapi, Matty Proctor, mm-hmm. Geordie Barrett, Julian Savia, Ben Lamb. Nehi Milner Scudder. <laughs> yeah. and, and as Chris Boyd points out, going through that list, there's going to be one of those players at least who doesn't even make the 23. No. Nah. Nah. This weekend. Nah, far out. Man. I mean, I, I know who will probably miss out, but that, that's based on nothing more than what we've seen in the papers. But uh, that, is, that is some problem to have if you're, if you're the Hurricanes coach. Absolutely. And um, it's great, isn't it? It just builds competition. Um, it builds a good team culture, and it gets the best out of players. I mean, look at look at the way Ben Lamb's playing at the moment. Far out, Ben Lamb, unbelievable. Um, and the fact is, he's been discounted as a chance to play for the All Blacks. I mean, that that is intriguing to me. I mean, if you're going to play Ben Lamb against any team, put him out against the French and let him run. Get into it, havoc. Uh, anyway, uh, well, that is all to be decided in the coming weeks. Anyway, May twentieth, I think that All Black team is announced, but. Before we get to that, let's just finish on the Lions. Uh, the Lions have been still the most fun and exhilarating team to watch in South Africa. Nothing will change, I wouldn't think, in Wellington this weekend, Millsy. Are the Hurricanes genuinely in trouble here if the Lions fire? I think they are. I think they are. And, and the fact that, I mean, you look at the final a few years ago when they, when they came and lost, they'll know how to sort of get into the, um, to the Hurricanes. So they are. And the, the Hurricanes will be aware of that. If they can get good quality ball to those backs that you've mentioned, far mm-hmm. out. Different story. But the, the Lions would have been fairly disappointed at the way they played uh, against the Reds. They came back well, but they'll be disappointed. So they'll be they'll be up for it. Yeah, I think they'll be up for it too. That was an amazing result the Reds got over them last weekend. Right. I just I would never have seen that coming in a million years. No. Um, I need to just talk about one player to finish the short ball today, and that's Malcolm Marks, the Lions mm-hmm. hooker. Mm-hmm. What a freak. Yeah. This guy is so far and away the best hooker in world rugby right now. Mm. It is, it's scary. The guy scored seven tries. He's made 18 turnovers on his own. He's played more minutes than any other hooker in the game. He's made the second most tackles of any hooker in the game. He's made more carries than any hooker in the game. He's made more meters. He's made more try assists. He is unbelievable, Malcolm Marks. Yeah, he is an absolute freak. And I mean, how do you move someone like that? I've seen one of the – I can't remember who it was – um, it was one of the backs that broke through, and then Malcolm Marks out of nowhere, bang, straight on the ball. Yeah. Straight on it and could not be moved. He's like the armadillo. <laughs> yeah. He is the armadillo. He's built like an armadillo. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if when he came out of the worm, he had scales <laughs> and a sort of protective coating of armor. <laughs> Malcolm Marks this weekend. He'll be the one to watch. That's been the short ball with Millsy and me, Scotty Stevenson, and producer Alice chiming in for Thanks, the first guys. time. About time. Thanks for having me. About time you lifted your game. Yeah. Make sure you check out all the rugby on rugbypass.com.